Think about what you did. <laughs> Nobody makes it to the end of these things. Come on. <laughs> the Broken Agenda Podcast. Sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I didn't do it. Though. Yeah, it's not true. I'm growing up. I don't, want, I don't want to overdo it, you know. That's also what she said. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. Episode 27. Today we're talking about cyber warfare. And, and um, if you're watching this later, then immediate. We're right in the midst of the Russia-Ukraine invasion. Um, and uh, we thought it was an appropriate time to talk about all the crazy crap that's been going on with how um, security and, and computers and hacking and everything is affecting warfare and mm-hmm. how it's actually playing out on a national stage. So we'll talk about that. But I, I, honestly, guys, we were kind of rolling on, on Ukraine there for a little while off camera, and I kind of want to keep that going. Um, I, I don't. You said you're not really following things that close, right? I'm just not, no, because, yeah, I just... I don't know. I just don't ever feel like I'm fed the truth anyway. I just don't have time to listen to lies. All right. Shit. So, so as a guy, I'll let you fill me in. No, no. Yeah. As a guy, like I just don't talk about. It. I just say it confidently, <laughs> so you believe me. So, as a guy who's not really following it, what what do you think? Like what what? I've I, I've really had no idea. I I didn't know. I mean, I really didn't know what the circumstances were. I didn't even know why the fight, why the war. You know, I didn't care. If I if I guess if it happened here at home, I'd pick up a gun, you know, and I'd roll that route. But I I don't know. I just was like I don't have to. I I'm too busy. I don't have time for it. What do you think about it, Tyler? What do I think about the conflict? Russia invading Ukraine. I don't know. I don't think I've formed an opinion yet. All right. I've been following it very closely though, like the combat side of things. You have been. Yeah, because I feel like this is really the first war where you. It's basically live streamed to some extent. Yeah, I mean, you just it's the first war on social media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it pops up on my TikTok feed. It pops up on my. Well, let's be fair. That's the only one I actually get. <laughs> but it I mean, pops up on TikTok. I mean, everybody has a cell phone and they're all recording stuff, and you're seeing everything from front action or frontline battling to what's happening in the the aftermath. You know, people looking at stuff. People were, I watched a video and it was terrible to watch, but uh, a guy was recording the Russian military shooting at him and his dad, civilians. Russian army hit his dad. He's like filming himself, dragging his dad out of the road and stuff. And then like later you find out that they killed him too. But essentially this was this guy's last thing. Like you have that close of access to Well, I think most of the quote unquote wars in our generation have all been punching babies. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the U.S. going into Iraq, I mean, but it took us like eight minutes to route all of their entire army. I mean, not the guerrilla stuff, but yeah. the actual army. Yep. And same with, same with Afghanistan. I mean, it lasted 20 years, but the actual army fighting, not the guerrilla insurgency and all that stuff, the actual... Short you know, couple they don't kill people. They just go in and wreck stuff. Yeah. They just blow up buildings and destroy the city and... and, and it's almost to me like they're just trying to wipe out history. They're trying to like, Who's that? I don't know. I, you know, I just, it seems to me like it's just more to it than I always say what's really going on when there's something, when the lights are flashing in front of your face and all of your attention is drawn to this thing. I'm like, at that point, that's when I'm like, what's happening over there and over there. Cause to me, I feel like that's, being used to sidetrack everyone's attention. 
So that's why I just kind of get appalled by headline news. Gotcha. Well, what I think is interesting is, and in, in talking about cyber warfare, Ukraine's been under attack for almost a decade now. Yeah. I mean, Russia's been hammering those poor dudes um, with cyber warfare attacks. I mean, ever since well, Crimea was, what, 2014? I was say 2014. When they yeah. took Crimea. Ever since 2014, they've been blasting those dudes. I mean, attacks on their financial district, attacks on their telecom, attacks on their military, nonstop. And I, I personally think this is the modern-day equivalent of, of shelling the beachhead. You know, you're softening up their defenses. You're learning everything there is. You're getting bots, and you're getting, you know, you know spyware and all sorts of other stuff infiltrated at every level of their organization, every level of their government, every level of their financial institutions, so that when you're ready to make your final move, you softened up the beachhead. Yeah. You know, you can shut down their transportation systems or you can shut down their electrical grid or shut down their telecoms so they can't communicate with each other. I mean, right now, I was, I was reading about how uh, Russia effectively infiltrated the, communi- the satellite communications that controlled the drones that Ukraine had access to. So they essentially grounded their dr- drone, not, per- not permanently, but you don't need it to be permanent. If you're just rolling tanks and you just don't want to have hellfire missiles coming down at you, you know, if you, if you knock them down for a day, you can establish lines of battle. And it's fascinating to see, and, I, and I'm by no means saying Russia's the best at this. Like, they're like the, the, the kings of the cyber warfare and like that. But I can't remember ever seeing this. Like, cyber, a, a modern society with a real army attacking another relatively modern society with a standing army. I don't think it's happened in our lifetime. I don't think it's ever happened, has it? Is this really the first time? Well, as far as I can tell, I'm trying to think. I mean, I mean, everything else is a proxy war. It might happen in the background, like maybe U.S. and China fighting over Hong Kong, yeah, or you know, whatever. Not Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan. Yeah, you know, we're we're arguing about it politically, and we're obviously at odds against each other. But nobody's shooting guns or missiles at each other. You know, you just screw with each other's, you know, computer systems. Yeah, but to actually use it as a prelude to war. Well, so. what is it that we don't know? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not over there. What, what's really going on between them when, when they're not in the headline at war? What happened, you know? What, Ukraine and Russia? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't know that. <clears throat> I, I firmly believe, though, this is Putin's attempt to reestablish the Soviet Union. Yeah, I, I think that's the closest thing to it. He's yeah. trying to cement his legacy. Yep. And if he can rebuild it, if he can be the guy who reversed what, Khrushchev and all the previous presidents of Russia and the presidents of the Soviet Union all ruined what he considers to be the glory days, which was 1922 through 1988. Mm-hmm. Then he'll go down in history. He'll get a tomb, you know, probably in front of Lenin. You know, like he'll he'll be the guy. He'll be Putin. Um, you know, a historical figure for all time in Russia. And I, I think that's what this is. This is him establishing new lines in the world. And I think it's also him fighting against. Uh, I was saying this before, but. You know, China, Russia, you know, these are very nationalistic nations. I mean, they're not global countries. They're not looking to be globalistic. They don't want to be a part of a greater whole, like one piece. They want to be the best. They want Russia, they want the world to bow to Russia, the world to bow to China. They should be the number one country. And I think they're fighting against this globalist move, all this uh, Great Reset stuff, all this, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this woke baloney where everybody's trying to be one people and everybody's trying to defer to everybody else and everything's a big committee um i don't know i guess what it is well what makes you say that what, um, why do you speeches are very nationalistic 
So, I mean, they're extremely Russia, Russia, Russia. It's all about us. I mean, the difference between that and like America first, like the idea that we treat America first and everybody else we help as we can. The difference in that is you've got 100 million people in America all voting to support candidates that prioritize America above other nations. In Russia, they don't care what the people say. You've got one guy saying, this is what we're doing, and follow, shut up, or die. <laughs> and that's it. Those are your three options. Um, and you can combine those two. And, you know, so what do you think about all these? Follow, die, shut up, and die. <laughs> what do you Most th- of them include dying. dying At I'm some point, say, you're going to die. At some point. Yeah. What do you think about all the people like sending Ukraine money? Slacktivism. What hap- What happens yeah, when? That's all it is. That's all it is. What happens when when governments realize that, oh we could just like create these scenarios where we just have gobs of money dumping in, into our lap? Yeah, I mean, because the people are feeling like, you know, they're bleeding hearts, and they'll send us their cash. So they can they can actually use it as a as a, you know a way to prey on people and take money from them. You don't they the, already do that though. Yeah, yeah, behind the door handshakes and you know. I don't I don't even understand why people are giving money to Ukraine. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes them feel a little bit better. Like I hashtag I support Ukraine. They put your Facebook picture with the Ukraine. Ukraine I'll bet you that yeah, money. I'll like bet you that. You, I'll bet you that money doesn't get seized. That probably does. I mean, it's probably it's that's so dumb. I mean, when you're fighting a war, I, I mean, you're gonna spend money you don't have to get what you need. I mean, what they need is they need missiles, they need stingers, they need you know helicopters, air support. You know, I, I mean, a couple of million dollars from American citizens. They really need dental floss. Dental floss, and socks. Yeah, you always need socks. Yeah, I learned that saving Private Ryan. Yeah, you. They get that stuff though too. Like I was, I was surprised to find the number of ex-military guys volunteering to go over. Like, but did you see that special forces group that formed themselves? That's ta- over. That went over. There's yeah. 10 of them, six of them from the U.S. and mm-hmm. four from other countries. Yeah. And they're all retired, and they got together, and they said, we're going to go in and kick some ass. <laughs> it's nuts. Like, there was uh, a subreddit on Reddit, volunteer for Ukraine. It was just guys going in and being like, I'm getting my passport cleaned up, making sure I have it. Where can I get it fast because I want to go tomorrow? And they're just volunteering to go over. Like freelance soldiers. It's not, it's not even merch. Soldiers for it's hire. Just, you're not getting paid to do it. They're volunteering. No. Hmm. They're basically the an expeditionary force for, mm-hmm. or they're conscripts for I, Ukraine. It's just guys who... So there was a show, a documentary on Vice year, a couple years ago about ex-Iraq, Afghanistan's vet, vets re-volunteering to go over, not as a part of the U.S., but uh, fighting in like Syria and stuff. Well, here's the, on something like that. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Who do they report to? So, like in that that instance, they were going over to. They, they probably build a platoon. It's a lot of them were going over as medics, the ones that were in the documentary, but they were joining up with the active active military. And the active military would work with them. Mm-hmm. Really? They, I mean, they, you can. Or they probably like they probably build an outfit. They probably build yeah. an outfit well, I know of the special forces you know. who built their own outfit. But I got to imagine. I mean, the scariest situation there, and also probably the most badass, is that they're giving themselves missions. Yeah. But I don't think they'd want to, because you don't want to get caught in the crossfire. Like, you want to make sure at least one side's not shooting at you. Yeah. And if you've got 10 guys that just come out blowing everything up, everybody's going to shoot at you. <laughs> yeah. I that's, mean, kind of, that's crazy. That's kind of a crazy, that's a whole new way of doing war when you just got people just like showing up, elite retired forces just showing up and forming units. 
Well, and I think some of it comes back to these guys truly believe they are the defenders of democracy. And then there's also some level of emptiness for some of them that they yeah. feel like they're experiencing. Regained purpose. They, they grew up essentially their early 20s in, in combat. Yeah. And like they missed that level. Like nothing here does it for them. And now they work sales. Well, it's exactly. just what they're, it's yeah. what it's they're, like good. it's like what they're built for, you know, them. that's what they, they're brainwashed. They mm-hmm. were built for that now. Yeah. You get in there and you know you get all psyched up and you go through all that training. Or they were built for that before. Like, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of guys I know that went into special forces. I mean, they were they were thirteen years old and they were out in the woods like you know hunting bear around. with a knife. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those guys were, well, you, were born. You like, just you live with adrenaline is like is it's like a separate vein that just throws, flows through your body. You can't just like dry it up. You know, mm-hmm. I can yeah. I can imagine that's difficult. I don't know, but it's, it, it, it gives me faith in the awesomeness of Americans. Yeah. And I know I, I probably shouldn't be supporting these guys as much as I do, but I think it's awesome. Like, if I, your first reaction is, you know what, I'm going to go over and fight for what I think is right. Then I'm yeah. going to go kick some ass. And now you don't even yeah. pay me. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. On my own dime. Just give me food, three cots, and or three meals in a cot. Yep. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah. Beers I, on the weekend. I mean, I guarantee I'm not offering like at no point was I was like I'll go over. <laughs> First of all, these are not the hands of a warrior. They're soft. There's like a callus there where you should have one. Not, I moisturize. So, um, no, that's interesting. The whole thing is fascinating me in, in a very morbid way. Like it's not a good thing, but the cyber warfare stuff specifically. Um, and I, I don't even I couldn't even find. I could, did you guys do any research on this this topic at all before we got into this? Some. Yeah, Did you I find watched. a clear-cut definition of cyber warfare? Because no, I found like nine definitions. Nobody's actually landed on a definition of it yet. Yeah, it doesn't exist. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of made my own. Well, cyber warfare is, is going to be an ongoing thing, right? Because you've got to be ahead of the game. So you're never going to know what it is. Yeah, but who's, who's causing it? Like, you know, some definitions say it's got to be a nation state against another nation state. Other definitions say anybody that attacks a nation can do it. And others say that anybody that attacks anything in a nation, which everybody's in a nation, is cyber warfare. Like the definitions are all over the map. They can't even define who's attacking who. I mean, my definition, I, I, I feel like, is not bad, but I'm sure there are people that would laugh at me, but I, I, it has to be state sponsored. Also, that would be, I think, the f- most critical part of it. Yeah, if it's not state sponsored, then it's just uh, cyber terrorism. Yep. It's a very different thing. A bunch of rogue outfit attacking a nation state is a cyber terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. So it has to be state sponsored, and it has to hit either government or infrastructure. That what if they're actually doing the right thing then? Are they categorized categorized well, the, as a terror outfit? If it, well, I mean, the right thing is a subjective stance. What is yeah. the right thing? So why would you use the word terror? I mean, if you find a guy who's abusing a kid and you kill that guy, you're still a murderer and you go to prison. So the right thing to you is not the right thing to the law, which is not the right thing to that guy. Right. That was real justice. Yeah. So the right thing is a hard thing to define. But if you decide to break the law to attack a nation and you're part of another sponsored by a nation, that's cyber warfare. You're committing acts of aggression via computers on another nation. If your nation doesn't support you, then you're a cyber terrorist, whether or not it's the right thing or not. I mean... So if your government's behind you, you're, uh, you're cyber warfare. Cyber warfare. If you're attacking If you're not, if they're not, then you're a terrorist. That's my definition. Some people would disagree with that. But that's kind of where I drew the lines. Sounds like Tyler's on board. Sounds yeah, like, I, like I think not. that's... <laughs> sounds to me like the governments are the terrorists. 
Well, I, dude, we all so know you mean. hate the government, all right? <laughs> like you're going to get us on a list if you keep bringing this up. Okay, sorry. I mean, more we're lists not than already. we're already on. I was going to say. <laughs> Extra lists. <laughs> I've we get the blacklist, the white list, no, we're the red any, list. We're not on any white list. <laughs> the it's, bullet list. It's all, you know, <laughs> we're the first ones going down. Um, so there's a bunch of different types of cyber warfare, and, and I think there's some, it's funny, as I was putting this list together to make sure I didn't miss anything, I, I was thinking of actual examples that I remember from the years. Like the first one I wrote down was just good old-fashioned espionage, mm-hmm. which has been around forever. But... Um, like I remember a couple, and we've all we've all heard the NSA getting hacked, mm-hmm. and we've all heard of like CIA hacks and FBI hacks. I mean, that's good old fashioned espionage right there. I mean, yeah. you're you're hitting a, a state sponsored intelligence agency, and you're trying to steal information. I mean, that's that's terrible, but kind of awesome. I mean, I didn't. I mean, theoretically. Um, but then there's sabotage, which I was down in South Carolina when we had that hack on the uh, the Mid uh, Atlantic Pipeline. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that was just straight up sabotage. And that took, we had no gas for a week. You couldn't go anywhere. Wasn't that a ransom situation? Or yeah. Ransomware you know, or something? You know which part of the pipeline it hit? It hit their billing system. Yeah. So there was no problem with the pipeline and there was no problem with, de- with delivering oil <clears> and gas. The problem was that they could no longer account for who got how much, so they couldn't bill them. So the company shut it down until they could fix their billing system. Just to be safe. So yeah, so millions and millions of people had to sit there on their thumbs for a week. <laughs> we're unable we're to sell at the moment. <laughs> no, we're unable to bill at the moment. You can sell, you just can't bill. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, DOS attacks and, and uh, DDoS attacks are getting bad. Denial of service. Denial of service. Yeah. We're seeing those all over the place. And what like, is that? I, what is that? That's basically where they overload a system with so much traffic that it can no longer accept legitimate traffic. And that's called a DS attack? DOS. Denial of service. Denial of service. We had a big one last year that affected the United States. It was actually on a Canadian telecom provider, but it affected the US. And we were caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all digital communications via phones went down for two days. It was just about two full days, yeah. Two full days, and the entire I mean, vast majority of the United States was, it was out, it was done. And they were just blasting their routers and blasting the infrastructure in Canada and in the U.S. And just there was so much traffic, the systems couldn't handle any more traffic. So legitimate traffic couldn't get through. So do you think like it's it's like more of an on-off switch? Buy some time for a second. Like, I mean, do you really think that the systems, it's crazy. Well, on that one, like the, the how large things are and then how quickly it gets back up and running. Well, you that know? one I guarantee you was not switch because we actually saw the, the denial of service attacks we actually saw the traffic mm. on our systems that were connected right. so it was happening across the board um, and the reason they were able to fix it so quickly is once they isolated the bad traffic you could filter it out and just start ignoring all that traffic so it's not like they're cramming a pipe full of you know rags and you got to pull the rags out it's more like you've got all this traffic flowing and just, the, re- the redir- just redirecting things well, you just well, the, the devices receiving it have to process all that traffic, and the processors clog. So, so if you just filter out the bad traffic and say if it's coming from these IPs <clears> or if it's coming from you know these bad actors or whatever, just don't 
don't even send it to the processor. So you can you can identify the junk coming in and literally like that you can like almost wipe out like a huge percentage yeah, so of information like that. that's clogging the pipeline. Now that one took two days essentially to fix because it was coming from multiple locations, multiple different types of traffic. It took a while to isolate it. Yeah, that's a, so in in the di, so there was a guy that did in the Discord channels. There's a big problem with bots. How everybody's like infiltrating the Discord channels, and he figured out a program. And inside his room, he was able to to detect the bots. And he went through, and he had like hit basically ran the program and ended up blowing like twenty thousand bots out nice. of his room. So that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. Is that once you've sort of find the bug or the virus what let's call it a virus I right find or, way to get bots in there. yeah then and you gotta do it again and that's, okay. why that's why it's so quick to be fixed or that's why it gets back up and running most so of these things are complex to set up but easy to fix uh, once you figure out the complexity uh, but okay. that's the problem there's a lag there from the time you hear about it till the time you understand it to the time you resolve it you know that's but it's not like all the equipment broke. It's just like it got clogged from data. It got clogged from data. That's exactly it. I see. They gummed up the works. Um, and that's you're going to see a lot more of those, I think, over the next five years because they're super popular and they work. Um, and you don't need to infiltrate a system to create a DDoS. You just need to target a system. Yeah, I feel like uh, when I was reading some stuff online this weekend, there were people giving instructions on how to use your PC to be a part of a DDoS attack. Yeah. They were listing out, like, don't do that. They were doing it, like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Which is like reverse instructions. It's, yeah, reverse yeah. instructions. Like, just make sure you're not doing this. Yeah. And this, and this. Make sure you don't click this button and then <laughs> click this and then hit OK. And then don't type this specifically in. For the love of God, also, don't type that. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> now you're in. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of those. Those are going to be, well, those are a problem because you get a lot. Remember, we were talking about a couple episodes ago, hacktivists. Mm -hmm. Hacktivists love to get in on DDoSes. Yeah. Because they, they think it's fun. They get a bunch of like 13 year old kids and they're like, hey, yeah, my Reddit group said we're going to DDoS IBM. Woo. <laughs> and then you know, they don't know what they're doing. It's, and it's, sometimes these kids even get caught. They're like, some go to jail. They don't know what they're doing. They download a snippet of code, they put it on their computer, they run an executable. They don't even know exactly what it's doing. They just know they're, they're you know, boning Bill Gates. And now they're part of a global network. I mean, we're seeing that in Ukraine right now. I don't know if you guys read about that. But Which the global part? hacker community came together to hack Russia. Well, and that's that's what I think I found the most interesting of everything I've read. Yeah, that Which sounds really anonymous, interesting. What? Anonymous yes. in their attacks because they even they, they took down Belarus's uh, train system. Yep, they took down their train station so out. Russia couldn't get soldiers through Belarus, mm -hmm. and they took down the state media yep, for state Russia. Media. They leaked information for the ministry. Now of that's Defense. cyber warfare. That, well, that's and that's not state sponsored. So that's technically cyber terrorism by my well my my definition. Is it not? It might be. Well, all right. I'm sure not there were some we CIA, CIA guys like yeah, I'm I'm anonymous. Or there's some CIA guys going to a bunch of 14 year olds going, hey guys, you want to really screw with Russia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a code. Why don't you guys all run these on your computers? Hey, you guys want to play a game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 hey, buddy, my work needs you to do this for me. You know, I'm an accountant. That's too funny. All right, I'm not going to say it's it not seems state like, sponsored. It seems like... As far as we know, it's not state sponsored. It seems like that there's a real strong possibility that a, a large organization of hackers can really start to control the world. I, they can, but hackers are notoriously not 
they don't play together well. Well, it would, it's pretty neat that they can like go in and they it's can start. Horrible that they can go in. Also concerning. Yeah, the stuff they can do if they when the, the rare few times when they actually get their crap. Well, together. yeah, but if you can like stop war. And you can stop these power mongers. Remember, when it comes to t- new technology, anything you can stop, you can start. Mm-hmm. Anything that heals destroys. Anything well, that creates eliminates. But then you, but that, but now what you start to see is a balance of power, where where not, where the power isn't all in the hands of the powerful. Well, and that's a good point. And and so, good point. so you have a shifting of power where now the people are becoming. And I guarantee you that Vladimir Putin did not see the international hacking community coming out of the woodwork to screw him. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee that came out of left field. And he'd be like, oh, you know, that's that definitely, yeah. I feel like the entire thing's come out of left field for him. I mean, yeah, he planned on three days and being done. And I'm not so sure that the... has been awesome. Like, those guys are... (laughs) They've been legit kicking ass. Those guys are no joke. (laughs) (laughs) Pushing pianos in the road. There was a picture... There was a picture today of farmers stealing a $25 million piece of, what was it, an anti-missile system. Uh, they just backed their tractors up and pulled it away. Now, you know what? Now, we live in farm country, right? Yeah. I absolutely could see a bunch of boys from Italy doing that. Like, know? with their overalls on and a yeah. piece of hay coming out of their mouths being like, yeah. that's a missile? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of them running out. Yo, dude, let's go get a missile. Hooking it up to their Ford <laughs> F-250, <laughs> peeling out. Like, absolutely see that happening. And then it'd be the the story would be, dude, we're driving down, we got the missile on, we're driving down through the field, and the freaking thing fired off. <laughs> or you know they flipped the missile, <laughs> totally flipped the missile. <laughs> Threw it. In. They always drive it into a reservoir. Yeah. It always goes in a reservoir. <laughs> we went through a creek and fell over. Then it shot. No, these guys are well. They've been they've they've been getting harassed by Russia for years. Like they're not soft and fluffy. Like this isn't no. like invading you know New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah. Like, those guys would roll over and show their belly in three seconds. Like, I'm sorry if you're from New Jersey and you're watching this, you know it's true. Stop it. <laughs> but, I mean, or Hollywood. Like, they'd be like, can't we hug it out? You know, like these guys, I mean, they've been putting up with some serious crap. They live in a tough part of the world. I mean, we need more military defectors. You know, they get orders and they're like, yeah, I think we're going to do that. We ain't doing that. You know, and they go out and break the break up the plan. You know, to where like people can't just dude, you're like you are against the man today so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the man, dude. I know you do, but I like the like to bite the the man's nose off. Well, I'm not the man, am I? No. Okay, just, just making sure because my nose is adorable. <laughs> it's so cute. It's like a little button. I, I I just love to see like the the rise of you know the resistance. It's like Star Wars. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, like the rebels. Yeah. My mom sounded like Chewy yesterday in the grocery store. Don't mean to go off topic. What? She lost her voice and her voice started coming back. And she's like, Aah. she said something did and it gargled. Mom, she sounded like Chewbacca. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. And she did it like five times. And I'm just like walking through the grocery store cracking up because it sounded exactly like Chewbacca. I, I don't know how to take that. I, I feel like he's getting a cheap laugh at the expense of his mom with cancer. <laughs> I feel dirty, but I also want to laugh. That's all right. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm just in making the best of it. Yeah, it's, it's now I'll never be able to look at your mom the same way again. It was funny. If you would have heard it, you would you would totally agree. I, I, I agree right now. I'm telling you, if I, I should have, I what, after she did it, I should have hit the record. Could have made it a sound clip. Okay. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> you know what? I'm, maybe I can get another a clip before she like gets her voice back. I'm gonna think of it. I'm gonna try to. 
I'm going to take her grocery shopping again. All right, let us know. All right, anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with this entire topic. Um, no, but I'm going to keep track on. I want to keep. I'm going to keep watching these activists. Like, I kind of am excited to see them do some crazy crap in Russia. I think that'd be awesome. Hopefully, they don't don't turn on everybody else. Like, yeah, get, get a taste I mean, of power, and all of a sudden, like our electricity. Goes I think it would just be awesome if every time someone tries to do something stupid like that, they come in and just botch the plan. I. I don't know. What if you could I, just I really botch all that. those kind of plans? I, I don't know. I don't want the uh, what would decision-making process. I know a lot of, uh, of idealistic uh, hacker types. They're not the types that you want making international decisions. <laughs> like, like most of them are not exactly. Well, but if you're, st- if you're just stopping a war, I mean, I don't know. If you can stop everybody who goes to the attack, then I don't know. I, I, I also don't know. I also don't know, but I kind of hope they turn on China next before they go after Taiwan. So, but we'll mm-hmm. see. China, if you're watching this, you suck. Um, all right, anyway. So other types, uh, electrical power grid. This is the one that scares me. This is the one I'm convinced is going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, 100% convinced. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going to hit the electrical power And the electrical power grid in the U.S., it really blows. And it's really bad. I mean, everything is leaning on everything else. It's like, have you ever seen a kid try to build a fort? That's what our electrical power grid looks like. <laughs> like, it's just, because it, I mean, you take out one region of the U.S. power grid and you could probably take out a third of the country. Because yeah. it, costs, it creates a cascade because the other grids start pushing into that one to fill yeah. in the gap, but they don't have enough production capacity and then they start going down and then others. I mean, did that happened, um, what, like 10 years ago? Remember the entire Northeast went out? Yeah. Because we had like, one power station went out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and then when that goes down, like things did go wrong, like things are broken. And yeah, wow. no power. You're immediately back in the 1800s. Yeah. My buddy's a lineman. He tells me all the time about, or he's I, not all the time, but he's told me several times about how like in shambles or how delicate it it's is. Fragile. Read it's the bad. book one second after that. That starts with an electrical grid takedown. Yeah, one year after the, the follow up. One second. Didn't like it as much. Didn't like it as much. It's, I don't know. One year I or one second? one second? One second after. after. Uh, so, so one second, and then and then there was a sequel. One there's, year. There's two technically. Yeah, uh, there's two sequels. Yeah. No, it, it was written by there's a guy who, um, an author. He wasn't an author at the time, but he kept ringing the bell to Congress and to the U.S. military that we need to watch out for um, EMP attacks, mm-hmm. and nobody would take him seriously. So he wrote this book, and it's a really good book. Yeah. So how how is that going to affect the cryptocurrency and the digital currency well, era? Without power, there wouldn't exist. Be any. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're drawing them on stones and hoping. hoping you better, you better hope you got really good cold storage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Really good cold storage. You think it goes down forever if it goes down well, or for like ten years? In that scenario, an EMP would fry most electronics. And everything would just. No, start. crypto would be okay unless you have a global EMP because crypto is kept on the blockchain everywhere. Mm-hmm. Crypto would actually fare better than most other things because the blockchain might be wiped out in the eastern seaboard, but it lives in the west coast and it lives in Europe. But it would never coast. actually go away. What would crypto? any of the crypto? I mean, it would well, just be you lose power globally. It would just be unaccessible. Well, it depends. Are we talking an EMP or are we talking a power outage? I don't know. Because a power outage, no, crypto is going to be fine once the power comes back on. Crypto is right there. An EMP, yeah, destroying all electronics. EMP is going to wipe out crypto. That'd have to be a global EMP, though. Because yeah. that would that would fry. And a global EMP, the only thing it's going to do that. That would fry all records. And if that happens, we probably got bigger problems than crypto. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> you're not worried about crypto. You're worried about food. Yeah, you're trying to keep your, yourself alive. And 
hopefully the radiation from the sun that created the global AMP yeah. didn't melt you. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you survived that. Your face is yeah. your face is melting Find off. Find some water. Where? <laughs> I need my Bitcoin. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. <laughs> I guarantee you're not going to see a bunch of guys sitting around on fire with half their body melted off going, man, and my Bitcoin was doing so well. <laughs> 100% guarantee that's not going to come up. All right. Well, we didn't even get through section two of the agenda, but uh, them's the breaks. We're going to take one of them's breaks, and we'll be back in a second. Thanks. And we're back. <laughs> Shh. All right. So... We didn't get through all the different types of warfare, but I don't think anybody cares. Oh, wait, there is one other I care about. Um, and this one I think is relevant to most propaganda attacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's Facebook. I think it's anywhere. It's anywhere, but I mean, I mean that's, it's kind of epitomized by everything that's been going on on Facebook. If, you want, like, if you're following any of the Ukraine conflict, you're either getting extremely positive stuff on Ukraine's side um, or negative stuff on... Russia side, like you're not seeing any positives coming out of the Russia camp or any poor things coming out of the Ukraine camp. It's a massive propaganda campaign. Lots of propaganda. I hate propaganda. I hate it. Um, well, yeah, that's but, what I mean. Everything is like one-sided. It seems like everything I'm seeing is like pro-Ukraine. Well, even outside uh, of the Ukraine I, thing, though, it's like the election stuff. Yeah. The propaganda in the last election, propaganda in the last two elections. You know, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's been going on for years. You can really see how it works, though. And it's... Why it, how effective it is with just the Ukraine Russia stuff. Well, it's very easy because it's like, dude, just rolled in with tanks and it's like, you know, just decimating the country. You know, that's the first thing you're, you think like, what, what, you know, are we not done with this kind of stuff? But I guess not, you know, we're did just, you, uh, did you see his crazy dude speech like a week ago? No. Which one? The one, the big one, the big crazy, it was like an hour and a half long. I don't think I saw that one. It was, and it didn't even look like he was reading off teleprompter. He was just winging it. Like, that's how you know you're a dictator. When you can just go up in front of the world and just wing it, and nobody's going to say a word to you. <laughs> like, just, just start reading recipes, and the, the camera will still keep rolling. Nobody's going to cut away. Like, that's, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was either the greatest play I've ever seen at somebody being crazy, or he's legitimate crazy. Well, it's, and see, I love the, the theories that are coming out based on how he's, been acting lately yeah like he's either terminal or he's lost his mind completely uh or he's just that paranoid you see i think he's just drunk with power you think I he's mean, eating I mean, acid huh he maybe he's eating acid he's totally eating acid. <laughs> remember that's that popping blotters do you remember that do you remember that clip of hitler back in the day when he was tweaking at the yeah, at the a, olympics or whatever yeah uh, he was a meth head yeah he was hitler, he yeah. yeah he did something Who? hitler hitler wait hitler was on meth mm-hmm how did I not That's know That's what they, a lot of the German army was as well. Yeah. He, they fed, oh, they the, fed them meth. The Superman drug. Mm -hmm. Was that meth? It was meth. Get out of here. Yeah. I knew it was like an amphetamine of some type, but mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was like, like, it was like, meth, meth, like the yeah. king of, of amphetamines. Yeah. The meth amphetamine. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it explains his teeth. <laughs> so, and his stomach issues. And the yeah. constant scratching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was sitting there at the Olympics. <laughs> It's tweaking out. Yeah, he's like, uh, just like, just tell me I don't stay here forever. It's got to be look, look, look up that video clip. You can see that thing. Uh, all right, I'm, so, I'm gonna look that up. So I'm wondering, you know, what is it? What was the speech Putin did? That's like, I mean, 
I, I didn't uh, watch any of it. talking about the greatness of Russia and uh, how the, the, the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the world was the breakup of the Soviet Union. And he was not he was not positive on Lenin. He was not positive on Stalin. Like, he was blasting everybody before him. But I, I think what people don't realize, and we were talking about this briefly, but Russia's top of their government is not a government. They don't have a government like we do. They have a mafia. And Putin's the Don. And all of the heads of state in Russia are lieutenants. And it is a money-making machine. They're all billionaires. I was just saying, I think you can compare it to, like, the NFL. Like, they're all billionaires, but one of them's the leader. Are you saying Roger Goodell yeah. is Putin? Yeah. You, know, you, never see him in, you never see him in the same room. Yeah. It's like the sun and the moon. <laughs> Interesting. Well, so back when, when Hitler was reigning, like, after they broke, broke that up, the Third Reich up, they couldn't tell where the government money, where the, the the country's money was, and where his personal assets. Like they couldn't even tell. Oh, to be fair, what belonged to where. I mean, so same with Hillary Clinton's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I wonder, like, how how they ever work that out. Like, is it you know if that just type of power was? I never really followed like how that all, like after Hitler was in, you know, taken out. Then how how the the rebuilding of Germany. Just how it all went down. Like, I, I've never really ever followed that story. It's actually pretty fascinating. The rebuilding of Germany and the rebuilding of, of Japan were both modeled off of the rebuilding of the South after the Civil War. And it's been proven the only... I mean, World War II was caused by World War I because we didn't do that after World War I. We punished Germany. We didn't rebuild them and get them back on their feet and re-release them into the wild. We treated them like a whipping dog because of all the trouble they caused. And that led to a nationalistic socialist rise. That led to World War II. And then after World War II, we were like, hey, you know, maybe treating our enemies like a bitch is not the best plan because they tend to form resentment. And then, you know, we, we got good at rebuilding. Um, and it's actually, if you read some books on it, it's fascinating. It's really kind of interesting to see how the integration, I mean, we still have Air Force bases in both countries, literally mm -hmm. from World War II, you know. Huge populations in both countries from World War II. Yeah. I mean, that integration became huge to making those countries feel like they were part of the world again. Mm -hmm. So I heard up in in Alaska. Maybe this came up on one of our previous shows. There was there was a there was a uh, I don't want to say platoon or a company, a unit that was dropped in Alaska to infil infiltrate the states from up in World that. War II. Yeah, and then the war ended. And they stayed there, and there's this, uh, there's this, so there's this German community up there in Alaska. It's supposed to be really cool up there. I, I can't remember the specific place, but I imagine it's not too hard to find. It's probably one of them. That's, I did not hear that. Yeah. Doesn't sound unreasonable. No. So. Yeah, it's like this big German community in the middle of Alaska, somewhere in a valley. They just all stayed. Some in like Argentina too. But that's because it's where all the Nazis fled. That's where they all went. <laughs> I, I love that they all went to Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry for me, Nazis. Um, all right. So anyway, so um, I, I honestly don't know. So Are cyber attacks, I wrote this in my notes here. I couldn't figure it out. Are cyber attacks even, do they violate the Geneva Convention? Like cyber warfare. Because I, there's not really a lot of ways you're doing Geneva cyber Convention warfare. is not is to be kind to the, the your prisoners. Yeah, it's and civilians. 
prisoners and civilians. So you're Which not supposed to target civilians. You're not supposed to target prisoners. You know, you yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, most cyber warfare is going to target shared resources. I mean, if you take down the power grid, you're attacking civilians. I mean, probably far more than you're attacking the government. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I couldn't. I don't think they had technology in mind when they created the Geneva Convention. Well, I, I think it was more of like they didn't, not like not being inhumane to people. I think was the target or was the sort of the I mean, objective of the Geneva Convention. Food, if you shut down their ability to generate power, if you shut down their ability to, to live in a modern society, you create mass misery and death through shutting off the modern world. Is that a violation of... Geneva? Yeah, but it's not like holding them down and ripping their teeth out with the pliers. No, it's much slower and horrible. <laughs> More horrible. <laughs> I mean, not for me and Tyler. We've got bunkers. And we're, we're, we're ready to defend. <laughs> they don't know where the bunkers are. They know nothing. There's ground penetrating radar now. <laughs> good luck. I've got surface penetrating stuff. <laughs> we're all good. Um... It says right. technically that there are no rules in cyber warfare. I, I think it's well, a, there's one rule. It's a brand new pants. era. <laughs> you always have to wear pants. Wear pants. You definitely have to wear pants. <laughs> I think I would definitely not wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you guys both violate Geneva. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Article 3. If I, it just says wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely not wear pants if I was a cyber war dude. <laughs> I, I, I just like, I pictured Jimmy in a white beater, a pair of tidy whiteies, and a Red Bull. <laughs> pair, pair of fruit looms. Just, just throwing cyber kongs. And I'd even have them. I'd have them like, like a size and a half too big. Fruit looms, and they'd be slightly My too white tan. <laughs> just a little too tan. You know what I mean? Like they're not brown, but they ain't white anymore. <laughs> the middle ground. <laughs> Just getting out of his control here. <laughs> anyway, moving on. That was weird. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I gotta get that picture out of me. Yeah, it's gonna haunt me. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you, ever, you ever picture something you know you could never haunt? While he's singing Heartbreak Hotel. Ah, oh, I wish we had the sound clip. <laughs> it's my favorite sound clip from this show. Did we ever play that on air? No, is that just a sound clip? It's just a sound clip right now. We got to get that. We got to get that played. <laughs> All right. So there's one thing I, I really want. Oh, it's stuck in the stream deck. I don't have the stream deck. Well, we have it. I'll say it's on here. Yeah. We're just not play Can it you right play now. it without the stream deck? Yeah, you can play the audio. I, have, I actually have it set up in a scene where uh-huh. if you just flip to the scene, it'll start you singing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a beautiful voice. Jimmy. Next time I'll bring my glasses. <laughs> Wait, why? If I'm going to sing, I should have glasses. Oh. <laughs> Why should you have glasses? I don't know. And a scarf. Well, I mean, I agree with the scarf. Would you have pants? No. Oh, then don't do it. All right. Anyway, so a big one that I'm always fascinated with is how do you defend against cyber warfare? I mean, obviously, you can harden up your security, but... As we've covered in multiple podcasts at this point, there's no such thing as an unhackable system. So, I mean... Wax on, wax off. Yeah, one thing they're doing in Ukraine right now that I find fascinating is they put a call out to all the hackers and said, not only will we pay you to uh, help us defend against the cyber warfare activities that are coming from Russia, but we will forgive previous offenses. Like, like we're going to basically clean slate and you get money 
all we need you to do is just wreak havoc on our side. And they're literally employing illegal black hats to come out and just do what they do best with no rules. And I personally think that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, as long as you re-implement the rules afterwards, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know set them loose on the internet with, you know, but um, I thought that was, that was a great idea. Yeah. It's amazing. You just get to a point in time when you, you just can do that kind of thing as a defense mechanism. What's that? Just like hacking becomes a, you know, it's just crazy. It's a whole new, I mean, the only it's a whole nother twist because now like, you know, if you're going to go into war, like you, you literally have got to be arm yourself on two fronts. Now, yeah. now you have mm-hmm. to def- prepare to defend against like, like on the defense when you're on the offense, like in that, well, I mean, you always got to do that, but well, it's definitely that, another spin to war. The one that always scares me about that is a lot of our military equipment comes from China and the most likely global force that we would ever end up in a direct confrontation with would be China. Also the most scary. And I'm not hundred percent convinced that they don't have the ability to just shut our stuff off. Just turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Just send the kill code and all of a sudden drones just start dropping out of the sky and jets don't start that. But I'm assuming they have like a start button, like a Nissan. Like you have to be close enough with the key, obviously. Yeah. Just press the button. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. I'm a hundred percent sure that's what it is. But a big one. I mean, if it's a bigger button, yeah, it's yeah. Like that big. You hit with your fist. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's right by your crotch. <laughs> and you're like, Let's do this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like a, it's not like a like a recess button. It's like a out, you know. Button well, it depends. That, out. A, that would be for the female pilots. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. It just happened. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. All right, anyway, we're moving on because this thing got, came off the wheels. No, but I mean, what you're talking about, you got to fight fire with fire, right? We've done this throughout history for every threat. So fighting hackers with hackers is like the only thing that would ever really work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just ignore the problem. You also can't just assume you have it fixed. I mean, you've got to have hackers on your side that are not only offensive but defensive. Yeah. I mean, and are not really warriors like you, you don't need the army for that i mean these are not the type of people that are generally going to join the was, army. Like, yeah, you're not going to get the right people from a you know an enrollment drive at the local high school yep like these are people you have to actively recruit from colleges or you know Take i, I love i love the idea of finding active hackers and offering them a job yeah like hey come work for the you know the cyber defense force in, in virginia i think it is doesn't the nsa deploy that i to some extent nobody's 100 percent sure um, but I believe they do. Yeah, feel like, feel that's like, like that. Stories that. That's like the. It's like you're in a situation, and all of a sudden, you know, you're just like. It's like you're randomly grabbing people, like, dude, we need hackers now, and then it's like, who's gonna step up? And then just, just people just start coming out of the woodwork. I'll hack. I'll hack. Yeah. And then there's like nobody really over necessarily overseeing them. It's so it's almost like, this is just like. It's kind of a weird scenario. It is a weird scenario. The whole thing is odd. Like, the whole thing is, it's definitely a, a new, the next generation. But, I mean, wasn't it Putin that said World War Three will be fought with ones and zeros? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, that was like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. So this guy was already gearing towards cyber warfare well before any of us were even too, really too worried about it. Yeah. So, I man, I think we all knew, but he wanted to do it. That's the difference. Yeah. Like, he's excited. 
to get it going. When he's, I'm going to be the first one. Yeah, and he, he was good for him. Bill Putin. Yeah, he was also the first president to uh, take pictures of himself riding a horse shirtless, I'm... and uh, also the first <laughs> president to pick up multiple children shirtless. On game. He does a lot of stuff shirtless, like, and he does, he's not really that jacked. Like, does anybody tell him that? Like, he doesn't look that good with a shirt off. <laughs> Who who would tell him that? I mean, I don't know. Like like, like somebody like I could see Trump telling him that. Well, he's like, a bad he's a badass too. He's like he's like a special forces kind of guy. Yeah, no, he right? can kick some butt. I'm sure. I but, heard they re, they they retracted his black belt. Did you hear that? Taekwondo <laughs> pulled his black belt. They the said judo that, association knocked yeah. him down as an honorary president. Yeah. Why? Because, because of his evade. Yeah. What did he earn the black belt? Yeah, but they, I mean, it's subjective. They took his certificate. I can tell you if you're a black belt. They took his certificate. Yeah. You are no longer a certificate holder. I, oh, I'm sure you really, you solved the war there, guys. Way to go. He's like, oh, person. man, that sucks. Well, I'll stop attacking you. Great. I didn't realize I'd lose my, my honorary like, certificate. Pull him out. Pull him out. Pull him out. Hey, I want my certificate. Everybody should be on I want my certificate yeah, back. I'm a hundred percent sure that the Taekwondo black belt certificate was not the thing that was going to stop this war. <laughs> but I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean they, they tried. tried. They, they tried. tried. It's done? a lot more than I could do. <laughs> I right? made a podcast. <laughs> that's it. I, I feel like there should be more to that statement, but that's it. I made a podcast. I think it would be a lot easier. But you know what? I'd have a lot more respect than if they actually took like their top 100 members and sent them in <laughs> and said, go like, do some body throws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, do some of your Taekwondo crap. That <laughs> 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 wouldn't really work either, would it? No, probably not. <laughs> just get sniped in the street. <laughs> that ain't close enough to anybody. So, all right. Well, he's not a black belt anymore, but he was. So, yeah. Look, well, he was a registered. No, he's saying, unregistered now. I'm not saying he can't get all I'm saying is he does not look good with his shirt off. And somebody, not obviously not somebody in Russia because they'd be dead. But, like, I feel like I could see Donald Trump going, you know, you just you should probably put a shirt on. It doesn't look that great. <laughs> like, you without a shirt is like my hair. Okay? <laughs> like, we all know it's not great, but at least you can cover up. Like, I got to wear this thing. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Somebody should be saying something. I guess he probably approves all the the public pictures that are posted, right? So he's probably like, "Yeah, that's a good one." <laughs> exactly. How does that look like a good one, though? Like, I mean, he's got self confidence. Good for him. Yeah, he's got self confidence like the old guy at the gym, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not happy about those guys either. Okay, I don't know why they always have one knee up. Like it's it's like they're trying too hard. Or the werewolf at the beach. Yeah, that the furry Thank guy. You. Yeah, and he's like tickling his ears. I don't understand how that guy. Like, get a back shave. <laughs> like, I shave my back. I'm not ashamed of it. I do it for other people, not for me. Exactly. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to see the guy who still looks like he's wearing a sweater at the beach. Like, doesn't that itch when it's coming back? I, the price we pay for beauty. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> a little bit. It's not that bad. But the alternative is to be that guy, and then I look. I I, I look like I'm still wearing a shirt. And the tan lines, that just ain't right. Did I ever tell you about the time I shaved Lisa's name in my chest, though? No, you did not. Oh, this is great. So we went to the beach. I was like 23 or something like that. And uh, it took me a while to get ready for the beach. And Lisa was getting mad at me. She's like, come out of the bathroom or go to the beach. <laughs> and I came out of the and I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm sorry, it took me a while. And we get down there, and I slowly pulled my shirt off. You know? And it said, Lisa. And I shaved an arrow with my belly. Right? <laughs> 
and I left all the rest of the hair, and she was mad. Like it didn't, it wasn't wasn't received as well as I hoped. But she did think it was a little funny, and she was impressed how legibly I wrote backwards in the mirror, which I was kind of proud of myself too. But I forgot. You ever forget? It happened to me. So I laid in the sun, played with the beach, and did all the other stuff that you do at a beach. Get back and realized that I didn't put sunblock on, and my fur blocks the sun. So when I shaved my chest. I had in bright red letters, Lisa with an arrow pointing down. And the next weekend, I had to go to a water park with her parents. Oh, man. Her dad's six foot seven, 350 pounds. Wow. What do I do? What do I do? And she's like, Wear a t shirt. Get a coffin ahead of time. He's like, That dude's going to murder you when he sees the arrow. She's like, Maybe try to rewrite it to say Abisa. I don't know what you're going to do, man, but good luck. So, yeah, I wore a t shirt the entire day at the water park, like the fat guy. That's funny. I was not going to let that giant dude see that I wrote his daughter's name on my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never heard that story. Yeah, it's a stupid story. But I was a stupid kid. All right, anyway. So real quick, I mean, before we we get towards the end of this thing, I do want to cover things you can do. Because cyber warfare, if history is any predictor of the future, which it always is, is this is going to become mainstream and become much more common. We already gave a couple of examples of how we're seeing it in modern life in the States. I mean, pipeline shutdowns, power outages. Um, there was a, the food, the, the uh, meat producing industry got hit yeah. a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. It's going to ramp up. It's gonna become more pervasive. Um, so I did put together, a, a, there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, obviously it's cyber warfare. That's like saying, what can I do to stop Canada from invading? Do you? Yeah, but, uh, but there are some things you can do. Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, do you really believe that when the power grid goes out, that the governments are going to lose their their communication stream? No, no, like, no, no. I have this feeling there's an underground grid that's no, very that's very stable. No, the, the government has its own communication system. They have their own satellites. They have their own generators. Um, mm. You know, some facilities have their own nuclear. Uh, so so when they like when they're putting in fiber optics and stuff how's that gonna fare is is that like how how do you defend against hardened government communications are all um direct linked so either via satellite or via fiber optic but they're not part of a public fiber optic system so entirely different from you know the pentagon directly to norfolk so that Pentagon can always communicate with their naval base in virginia um, and no, no manner of, of EMP or anything like that is going to interrupt that. And all of those electronics are hardened. What you will lose is you will lose terrestrial communications. So all of those military members who are on leave, all of those military members that might get called in as reserves, all of those military members that might be out of the area on assignment or whatever, bang, immediately out of touch. So you can't mobilize your forces. It creates mass pandemonium. So it doesn't necessarily completely shut you down. What it does is it disrupts your normal operations. So, and that is, I mean, you, you were in the Army, and you know as well as anybody, from a strategic standpoint, the number one thing you can do is disrupt normal operations, create right. chaos. But the, but the number one thing we would have to do is, would be like, as soon as normal communication is interrupted, you return to base. Right. So like they would still. And there would be bases that are not directly connected. You're going to have training facilities. You're going to have secondary bases. So the military is massive, and not everybody's directly connected. So, 
every major organization. So, you know, you're going to have Cheyenne Mountain is obviously, as part of the major part of the Air Force, going to be connected to the Pentagon. Um, but you might have Air Force bases in Nevada, testing facilities, things like that, places where they're doing maintenance on F-16s. You know, independent contractors who supply parts for missiles and navigation. Um, you know, all of these things are going to be out of your reach. So, so can, how, can you fast act? Yeah, you can based on your procedures. But are you massively disrupted? Yes. So if the power grid goes down, I mean, I'm sure there there's a plan. I'm sure the military has a plan for all that. The power grid goes down, satellites. Like, there's got to be some sense. There's got to be some sort of, like, portion of things that are stable. If the power like, grid goes down, the military will stay up. And how are they going to stay up? They're going to stay up. They have their own power generation systems. So from their own electronics. generators. Hardened electronics, yeah. And what do you mean by hardened electronics? No, he's talking more EMP. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I mean, if, we, if they hack the power grid, I think we're talking about two different things. If they hack the power grid, power goes down. That's not an EMP. Yeah. Hardened electronics don't come into play in that scenario, but they are still good to have. Um, they could be relevant when the power comes back on and you get surges. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, hardened electronics will help. But hardened electronics essentially says that the electronics are capable of handling power surges and, um, um, you know, inconsistent voltages, things like that. So if we have an e- EMP attack, Solar flares, they would... EMPs, massive power surges. And they'll the stand up to that. They're designed to stand up to a certain level of that, yes. And is any of that spidering out into the general public? The cost to hardened electronics is... is absolutely prohibitive to the general public. And if you run fiber optic into your house? Fiber optic is great, but you have to remember at the end of every fiber optic line is standard computer equipment. So your fiber optic line will survive just fine. It doesn't conduct electricity, it's just glass. It's non-conductive, it's insulated naturally. Fiber optic will be great. But the power outage will take your router down on both ends, so now you've just got a piece of glass underground. It's not gonna do you any good. Is there any piece of equipment that can withstand this, or is there... Well, a power outage, everything runs on power. Look, you got to remember that if you have a power outage, you are immediately thrown back to 1880, like that. So anything that would work in 1880 will work. So... Radios. Uh, like, mm, not, if you have... No. I wouldn't say like modern a, radios. No. Modern radios probably will not. You've got to want... Now, I put that on my list here. So one of my things to make sure you always have is a radio. Make sure you've got a battery-powered radio or a hand-crank radio. Mm-hmm. And if you have a battery-powered radio, make sure you're stocking batteries and that they're fresh. So you're going to have to rotate stock. Um, but radios was a big one because at least the military could broadcast on military radio band and you could pick that up and then at least you could hear what the military is saying even if the power is out for radio stations. Um, and most radio stations are going to have at least short-term power generation capabilities, so they can at least keep operating for a day or two yeah. before they have to shut down. Until they run and up. they wouldn't be affected by the EM, EMS? Well, again, EM. we're talking about two different things. If you're talking yeah, about a cyber warfare attack, they're going to take the grid down. That's not an EMP. So if you get an EMP attack, it's a whole other game. Generators are gone. Just think of it. An EMP is the vector why the grid goes down, same as a cyber attack. So they're kind of a, it's just a different means of attacking. Right. But the EMP is far less likely. And it's going to kill everything. It's going to kill everything. And yeah. everything's electronic. Music. What does it kill it. in the electronic? What does it kill? Uh, does it fry everything? Yeah. Certain boards are fried. And then it's just going to melt, melt. Yeah, the amount right? of power that goes through the board actually actually ruptures. Just burns it. So they just can't handle it and they burst. Every, okay. So your, tra- your transistors are going to burst. Your relays are going to burst. It's, it's all gone. So think about it. You can't get fuel. 
because the fuel pumps at a gas station are electronic. Mm -hmm. So you can't get the fuel out of the ground. Your generator's dead, so you don't have to generate your toast. So an EMP is a worst-case scenario in my mind. Mm -hmm. The only yeah. thing worse than that is a, a direct military, uh, nuclear attack. Um, an EMP would probably be second worst. Mm -hmm. I'd almost rather see a land invasion than an EMP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, now that's different. I and mean, that's a different story. Getting into that, because then at least you can listen to music while you're killing. Exactly, but that's apocalypse. <laughs> crap. Like EMP is. I mean, that's if you're talking about just a power outage. Most power outages they're going to be able to restore within a week or two. So, as assuming there's not a follow-up attack or something else, so you're not you're not planning for an EMP. If you're planning for an EMP, you're a prepper. Like yeah, you're planning for absolutely. a year or two of complete isolation. You've got a stockpile of bullets and tons of food. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's a different thing than planning for uh, a coordinated power outage, which is not likely to last more than a couple of weeks to a month before they get basic services back online. But the stuff that you do want to have is you do want to have a generator. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how anybody can live without at least considering getting a generator. I mean, to be able to restore power, at least to be able to run your freezer... Um, Imagine what gas prices are going to be in those days. It's, yeah. I mean. What if you get a solar power generator? You get solar power generators. They make them. And they're, they're not bad. Or, uh, you know, like, like I, have a, I have a natural gas generator and I have a 500-gallon natural gas tank. So I wouldn't. Theoretically, I only have it hooked up to my fridge and freezer. I was just going to say that next. So so how long will that run? How Pretty long because I have it really narrowed down to just the fridge, the freezer, um, and um, a, a couple of outlets for charging stuff. And that's it. I have a fireplace. I have plenty of wood always cut. So I, you know, if it's in the winter, I can, keep, I can keep heat going. If it's in the summer, you just live without AC. Tough luck. You'll go on. But uh, I can keep... I can keep my food good, which is the most important thing to me, is make sure the food's good. So fridge, freezer, big stuff. Um, so generator, and if you do it that way, 500 gallons of natural gas will last. Should last a while. Months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll probably last you know, three, four months. So you need like three more tanks. Well, if it goes longer than three, four months. Like, you're worried about where you're getting your next meal yeah, from. Yeah, at this point, I, I'm going out and I'm hunting and I'm, I'm drying meat you're um, learning smoking yeah, techniques yeah I'm smoking meat yeah, yeah. Like I, i'm no longer worried about power i'm more worried about survival um so alternate heating source like i said i have a fireplace plan for it like if you're in the winter you gotta make sure you have some way to generate heat um emergency food i i mean we always stock canned food and i'm not ashamed to say that i do have a patriot supply um a couple of months worth of uh, basically rations um batteries radio we talked about and always have an emergency plan. Like, that's I've got people I've talked to that said, you know, if it all goes really bad, you know, we know people in the mountains. And I always tell them, here's what I'm going to bring. And they're always excited because I'm going to bring a lot of good stuff. <laughs> you can come. And the big one, and this is what I think a lot of people forget sometimes, is medicine. Mm -hmm. Make yeah, sure, especially if you have anybody with special needs, like allergies or you know, severe allergies or diabetics, God help you. God forbid, but yeah, anything like that, make sure you've got ample supplies of whatever meds your family needs. And that's that's really all you can do. If you can't get them, you can sometimes just get the uh, like animal version of it. Oh, like yeah, from a vet. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even... My fish needs penicillin. They'll give it to you. Your yep. fish needs penicillin? Mm -hmm. 
No, I'm saying you could say that to get a oh. stockpile of it. Because oh. you can't just go to a doctor and be like, can you give me a prescription for penicillin so I can have it? Mm. But you go to the doctor and get your dog a prescription for penicillin. Or you go to doctors and give me the freaking penicillin, dude. Yeah, yeah. except they don't have it. It's, I'm, I'm on the, the edge guy. here, man. There's an apocalypse coming. I need so, well, that's, the that's, penicillin, that's dude. That's Jimmy's recommendation. Have a plan for where you're going to loot first. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy always starts with Walgreens. <laughs> Works his way down from there. <laughs> so, all right, that's it. What else do we got here, guys? So, um, I know we're out of time. What did we miss? Oh, we hit the agenda. Yeah, I say. I think we did. We did. Any final thoughts? Anything about pants or... Pants. Hackers. Maybe I'll wear pants. All right. Jimmy's going to wear pants. How about you, Tyler? I don't really have any final thoughts. I think we covered everything. All right, cool. Well, I am good. All, all I'm going to say is uh, you know, keep your eyes up on this Ukraine thing. I think we're seeing the first real glimpse of modern warfare here. Mm-hmm. I think we're all going to learn a lot if we pay attention. And to Jimmy's point, uh, do your best to screen out the propaganda because there's a <laughs> lot of it out there. So, but... You know, listen to us. We'll give it to you straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tyler, Jimmy, thank you. Everyone, thank you. See you next week. The Broken Agenda Podcast. Sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs>